Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Nintendo's podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brayden, and Connor, the other co-host. Wow, he's here to hang out with us this fine evening. What's up? Thank you for joining us, Connor, and thank you, listener, for joining us as well. Like I said, this is the Nintendo's podcast where we talk about all our favorite Nintendo games, in particular, the games that we think are gems. Mm. And this episode, and the next couple episodes, we're going to be bringing you some kind of special spooky, spooky titles. scary. Viewer beware. Yeah, ooh. You're in for a spook. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I figured it would be fun to talk about some of Nintendo's spookiest, scariest, kind of I don't know. Horror games are is going to be a very generous yeah. title for horror themed right. game, ranging back from the NES on up through the Switch. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Halloween's obviously a, a great fun holiday, so we yeah. want to celebrate it here on Nintendo Gems. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Connor, you you ready to jump into our first spooky special? title absolutely always all right you know what why don't you go ahead and announce it for us <laughs> all right um so title number one for this episode is going to be resident evil 4 all right originally released for the gamecube in 2005 it was a gamecube exclusive i believe so capcom the developer had a deal with nintendo that they were going to publish like five like major release games for the gamecube they had like <laughs> an exclusive deal and they were only going to be on the GameCube, and it was just like an exclusive partnership. And I'm pretty sure Resident Evil 4 was one of them. It might have been like the first or the last. I, I remember it was pretty significant at whichever time. But then it did end up getting ported to like the PlayStation 2, and then there was like the Wii edition, and then now today it's on like everything. It, yeah, you can play it anywhere you want, basically. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, considering it came out in 2005, which is getting on in the GameCube's lifespan, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that is towards the end of whatever deal you're referencing. Yeah, probably. Know. I guess it's not really surprising. But yeah, it was a big deal when it came out. Just because it was all the other, all, every previous Resident Evil game up to that point, all the main numbered entries, at least, were for PlayStation. Right. Um, primarily, at least. There were a few other Nintendo ports, but they were... For the N64 and mm -hmm. GameCube and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but originally, they would all release on PlayStation, but this time, the fourth entry released originally on a Nintendo console, which was pretty big. And also, the game itself, which we'll get into, is just a vast departure from what Resident Evil up to that point normally was. Right. Or represented, I guess. Yeah. Well, and when it comes to horror and the games that we're going to talk about throughout this series, Resident Evil 4 definitely ranks highly on genuinely the scariest games I've ever played. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Luigi's Mansion, and, like, that's not a spooky game. Ah! Uh, well, yeah. it's not, you know what I mean? Versus I'll defend it, but... Whereas Resident Evil... It's it, like a it's, true blue horror game. Right. Survival horror game. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, still gets my blood pressure going, you know, when mm -hmm. I play it to this day. For and sure. so, you know, I, I want to give it just... Right off the bat, the respect it's it's due. I mean, it it itself, even like separate from its own series and separate from other horror games, it's often considered like one of the best games of all time. Right. Like generally. Like and part of that is because it was just conceptually and how the game plays and how its pacing goes is so different from the others. Not that the other Resident Evil games were bad necessarily. But this, it's it's a lot more of an action adventure 
game than the survival yeah kind of like the the first three games were more about you the player controlling a character being in like a secluded environment you move very slow enemies who are usually more traditional like zombies move very slow um it's all these like fixed camera angles in these like tight spaces like in interior spaces and you can only see like one angle at a time and you so you'll see like your character running down the hallway and then a zombie will turn the corner and then you, you like you know it it, cre- it in its own way is like its own form of horror and suspense and is a generally a more slow paced I was going to say it's methodical. It, yeah, a bit more cinematic almost. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm playing through the first Resident Evil at the moment um, and it's interesting the difference. It's a lot more of just like a traditional adventure game in that the hmm. combat and action elements are pretty few and far in between. Yeah. It's a lot of puzzle solving and exploring, finding clues and stuff. Interesting. Which is where Resident Evil 4 comes in, shakes all of it up. Still a lot of adventuring, still a lot of exploring huge interior environments like castles and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's just a lot more action-oriented. There's a lot of guns. You can yeah. aim your gun freely, which you can't do in the other games because of the fixed camera angle. Mm-hmm. But this one, you have a full control third-person camera. You aim your gun. You go for like headshots and stuff. Absolutely. Um, you can use melee attacks on the enemies. It's all and it's all very like reflex based too. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like an action movie. Yeah, and I know the other Resident Evil games incorporated this feature, but just part of the slow moving nature, you you can't shoot while you're moving. You have right. to hold still to aim, mm-hmm. and so that is a huge feature that was a bit of an addition. Kind of like you said, you had to use the full. 360 camera right. um, as opposed to these fixed angles that you were used to in the previous Resident Evil games. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, yeah, it's true. You can you can't shoot while moving uh-huh. in in all of the games, which is a which is a pretty big change compared to like traditional action games, right? Where you're like running and gunning and stuff. Absolutely. Um, but even in Resident Evil Four, you can't shoot while moving, and so you have to stop. But you aim where your gun is going. You go for headshots and. You uh, enemies react to whatever body part you fire at, which is mm-hmm. cool. Um, you can shoot out their legs. Um, you can go for the headshot, and their head explodes in a blade <laughs> explosion. It really felt like it was maxing out the GameCube at the time as well. Mm. Just the GameCube at its finest, strongest, and obviously, you know, it it's not anywhere near today's scale. But sure. they don't have to do a whole lot to it if right. they were going to oh, up- yeah. upgrade it. I would. It holds up. I'd say like. Like, for a GameCube game especially, it's pretty gorgeous, uh-huh. but it's also extremely disgusting and grimy. Yeah. Like, all the environments are dark, dank, gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, Muddy. Yeah, like, and like it, later in the game, there's, like, in, like, laboratory environments that are ruined, and, like, there's just fluids and icky stuff all over the walls. Yeah. And all the, the enemies, like, are just so visceral in how they react to how you shoot them and how they attack you mm-hmm. like it's all pretty lifelike and gritty for the time and even still especially but you're right like as far as the like the art direction goes i think it holds up pretty dang well like it wouldn't need too much of a visual update to to keep up with today's standards sure you know i i can't know i don't think i can really say the same for the story though oh my god how <laughs> I, it doesn't hold up super well none of the you know resident evil is not known for its you know scientifically quite the opposite backed 
storyline, but yeah, I mean they do try to string the games together at least, which is kind of the biggest problem in a <laughs> right. way. At the time of this publishing, there are currently seven main numbered entries in the series, Resident Evil one through seven, but there are dozens of spin-offs, side games, mm-hmm. movies, like <laughs> and movie tie-ins and such. Um, and the story truly is just like all over the place, just right? Betrayals. And characters coming back to life. Corporations. Corporations. Shadow corporations. Vaccines and viruses. Bioweapons. Um, all over the place. And for a story, it, it's hard. It really, it's hard to... Resident Evil 4 was the first Resident Evil game that I played. Sure. And it same. really is hard to track if you haven't played any of the others. Even though, in a way, it's kind of like a refresh like a reboot of the series like in terms of gameplay and in terms of concept mm-hmm. it uses a lot of the same a lot of recurring characters from the series right the the protagonist the player character leon kennedy is the protagonist from resident evil 2 and mm-hmm. so he's after the events of the second game he's like gr- grizzled he's like no nonsense he's matured he knows what he's dealing with kind of now but there are other characters that pop in and other characters that are referenced throughout the the game Right. And it can get pretty convoluted and confusing if you don't know exactly what the history is. Absolutely. And there's, uh, I guess, not in the GameCube version, but in the preceding PlayStation version and the Wii version and every version afterward, there are, aren't there like kind of side stories that you can play as well? Yeah. Uh, for those secondary characters that do explain, you know, a little bit about what's going on. Yeah. Kind of like, But it doesn't help much. Not really. Like, everybody... The game is about Leon Kennedy is shipped to, like, undetermined European country. I think they say Spain. Like, I think it is yeah, different it is. Spain, yeah. but just some remote town in Spain. It's mm-hmm. not specific due to, like, some viral outbreak. And then through the course of the game, you find out it's, like, a bioweapon, um, which is classic Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. And there's this crazy, like, cult leader that is trying to infect the world. And so you stop him and so on and so forth. Oh, he kidnapped the president's daughter. That's true, yes. The big thing is he kidnapped the president's daughter, which is mainly why Leon is going to rescue her. Um, but generally, everybody's just kind of after the virus. Yeah. Like, after control of the like the biohazard virus to control everyone. It's really all you need to know. But yes, there's extra content that you unlock after you beat the game that are, like, side stories for all the characters that, like, show up mid-story to... It's the it's try and give you some context, but yeah. it's not because in the main story you'll be in the middle of whatever, and then this random character will show up and like stop Leon from what he's doing, and Leon's like, "You're th- this person. What are you doing here?" And you're like, "I've never." And, and then and they don't explain themselves. They they never say I, they don't even like say that they're after the virus or anything. They're just like, "You'll see you later." later. Yeah, right. Exactly, <laughs> and then. Maybe they show up again. Sometimes yeah. they don't. It's 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 really silly. Yeah. And but it does. It also plays itself pretty silly too. Like the the dialogue itself is hammy, mm-hmm. um, which is also pretty typical Resident Evil. Horrible, like one line, like action star, like one liners. Mm-hmm. But you gotta love it. Also, it's just cheesy and goofy enough to like round out the genuine like thrill and fear and suspense of Absolutely. the moment to moment gameplay. You know. Yeah. I, I wish I could go back and play it for the first time because mm. knowing how the controls work so well now at this point, having played it, you know, the dozen times that I have, mm. it 
it is an easier and less frightening game. But when, you know, I was fumbling the controls and like mm. hat didn't know where I was going, like it was so much scarier. Yeah. And and so if you've never played this game, I would highly recommend it. And I I don't know if I would say there's a bad platform to play it on. Would you? I would even like the Wii. From what I recall, <laughs> like the motion controls were pretty cool. I they were. You're yes. I think it's interesting because I think generally most people think the Wii version makes it too easy because of that. Right. Like because otherwise you're aiming with the control stick wherever mm. you want to aim, and you, it's easy to miss your shots. Uh-huh. But with the Wii remote, with the reticle like on the screen, you can be as accurate as you want. Mm-hmm. So maybe that will appeal to some people to make it like a little bit of a smoother experience. Right. And it definitely makes it more approachable and fun. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty much for everything at this point. Including the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's There is a Resident Evil collection, which has four, five, and six on it. They are just ba- essentially digital downloads when you buy the physical case. <laughs> so, you know, I- I'm not sure if they sell them separately on the eShop or not. So maybe look into that as well. But it, it, yeah, definitely look into this game. What uh, what sticks out is like the scariest part of this game for you. So, I mentioned it loosely before, but like generally in the other games, there's there are more traditional zombie kind of things like infected undead, and then there's like the occasional like crazy monster, like giant bug or like a zombified dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some crazy, crazy monsters in this one. Generally, you're shooting, like, what look like normal people, but yeah. they're just, like, malicious and, like, infected, and sometimes they have, like, these crazy, like, wild parasites that crawl out of them. <laughs> Alien-style, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, creepy. Like, crazy huge bugs just, like, sprout out of their head. So, generally, the enemy variety, but especially the regenerators. Semi-spoiler, later in the game, there are these just divinely designed (laughs) enemies they're hard to defeat they only die from like a specific circumstance like basically like a scripted sequence but they're otherwise unstoppable they chase you relentlessly they have this terrible creepy like and spoiler alert if you're gonna play this game is this the one that you have to burn up in the incinerator yes yeah um so spooky they like have this like huge like grin they like laugh kind of Mm -hmm. like they like have like these this scary like staggered breathing and they just like hobble towards you and they're just like this weird fleshy mm-hmm. person it's very terrifying but so good and they craft the moments where you confront them so well uh-huh and i hate it but i love it what about you for sure anything that sticks out to you well as a whole i feel like every resident evil game starts off actually horrifying and mm. then kind of moves into like this sci-fi territory that i find yeah. less scary and so the entire first chapter of resident evil 4 when you're in the spanish village is just horrifying when that when the bell tolls and they all just just like turn to you they just all they know you're there all of a sudden and the entire village just turns in on you like that i have goosebumps just talking about it like that's fear inducing freaks me out every time and the chainsaw guy yeah classic classic Absolutely classic. You know, and like, I almost liked getting chopped up sometimes because that was just such a gruesome, I'm going to bet, like, B.A. murder scene. Yeah. Yeah, that was a a scary guy. And, yeah, and to think that, like, this kind of gruesome, gritty game was, like, 
intended originally to be released on like exclusively for a nintendo console yeah is pretty crazy like a a rated m of m games Mm -hmm. it's definitely in my top 25 games i would say of all time yeah i i I would say that's a safe bet i don't know Mm -hmm. about 20 sure but i and i I don't know if i want to put that pressure on you could you place it do you think that highly of it? I don't know about my personal top, but I could understand. I could respect the opinion of anybody that puts it like in their own like objective best. Yeah, I could understand that. Sure, it is a it is a finely crafted game for sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, great <laughs> spooky series, spooky season game to play. For Go sure. find a copy somewhere if you have never played this. Maybe even pick it back up if you have played it because it's Halloween. But we're not done yet. We have another game for you. Gem number two. All right. And so for the second half of this spooky series episode, we are going to be discussing the NES classic Castlevania. Yes. Which you have (laughs) certainly heard of, you listeners at home. Um, It spawned a very successful video game series. Um, There's... I believe the anime on Netflix has kind of revitalized the series a yeah, bit as well. Absolutely, which is cool. I haven't, I haven't personally seen the anime. It's pretty good. I've only seen the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear the second one is like a lot better. So interesting. Uh, but it definitely did like turn a lot of people onto the series or like the franchise as like a name. Yeah, but I mean, this game we are talking about it for a reason because it it certainly is the grandfather of a whole franchise, if not genre. You know, it's yeah. it's a brilliant platforming action. Yeah, it's a it's a I would call it an action platformer. Uh-huh. You know, it's not I think I think of Mario when I think of like a platformer, like a pure platformer, right, but there's right. a lot of like action and combat and mm-hmm. enemies and stuff in this one. It's kind of like the the emphasis. Real utilization of weapons and different equipment that you'll acquire throughout the level. Mm, yeah, it, it's pretty short. There's only like six or seven like total stages, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. I have been playing this game actually over the last 24, 48 hours. And so I can confirm there are six, uh, they call them blocks, and they uh, each have three stages within them. So essentially mm. 18 stages across six different worlds, kind right. of. There's like six or seven total like bosses, like right. boss fights, like sections, chapters, whatever you want to call it. Sure. But it is like wholly linear, which is worth noting because the sequel is is actually extremely open. Castlevania 2 is like a kind of a proto open world game, but this one is stage by stage, linear action platformer. Um, you have not a sword, not a shield, no guns. You actually use a whip yeah. called the Vampire Killer to best your enemies to defeat Dracula's army. You play as a gentleman named Simon Belmont, who's like a Conan the Barbarian type figure. Who uh, Count Dracula is like an entity that like spawns every once every like hundred years or whatever, yeah. once every century, and his castle just like appears out of thin air in the full moonlight. And traditionally, the Belmonts go, the family of Belmonts go and teach him what for and simon belmont struts up to his front door of this castle and, and there you go house you're off and that's it that's all you that's the only outset <laughs> you need yeah that really is 
at least for this, when this original game released, I went and looked through the manual. There is not much storyline going on here. Mm. It is basically Simon Belmont, you know, the son of a different Belmont, yeah. um, is going to Castlevania to fight Dracula because it is the 100 year anniversary, yeah. of, his <laughs> anniversary. Fa- of his father <laughs> killing. Uh, yeah, it's a special occasion. Yeah. It's like a birthday. And so, um, y- you know, it, it it's nothing deep. Simon's Quest, the second game in the mm. Castlevania series does elaborate on this story a little bit more but it is interesting i'll say just because like right after resident evil because there are just like resident evil there are dozens and dozens of castlevania games now sequels and side uh, spinoffs and side games and the story is about as convoluted like (laughs) the belmonts are still going like there's still generations of belmonts fighting dracula for like different reasons one of the major games in the series you play as dracula's son alucard and have to defeat dracula for whatever reason what game is that symphony of the night okay for the ps1 but yeah the story is still going as Mm -hmm. it were gets rebooted sometimes the the netflix series is like a kind of like a hard reboot is that right uh tells its own story but yeah generally across the board it's always it's always going to be the belmonts versus dracula fighting all kinds of like crazy halloween monsters like in in this game the original castlevania the bosses include Frankenstein's monster and yep. Igor, a Medusa head. Some mummies. Some mummies. Death himself, the yep. Grim Reaper, is a boss. But not even the last boss. And he's not even the final boss. <laughs> he is the penultimate boss. Which yeah. is, Dracula is stronger than Death, I guess. Sure. Yeah, apparently. Why not? And you're fighting fishmen and ghosts mm. along Werewolves, the way. zombies, bats. Yeah. It's it's very haunted house, yeah. classic kind of Halloween, just ghosts and goblins yeah. type monsters that you're fighting along the way. Very like classic, like horror film, B movie horror film, yeah. like, villains. Which is a lot of fun though, yeah. Especially considering they hadn't fleshed out this story yet, and so it was allowed to be cheesy and just whatever. Medusa's head lives in right Dracula's castle. Sure, it's funny. I know you haven't beaten the game yet. No. <clears throat> But uh, in the end game credits after you beat the game, they like list all the different monsters. Like special thanks to. Do they really? Yeah, they're like Frankenstein as monster. That's funny. No, it's, I didn't. I no, I have not seen that yet. <laughs> it's really cute, but um. It's freaking hard, dude. Yes. It is ridiculously difficult. It is absurdly hard. It is, but it is fairly challenging it's like it's challenging in a fair way yes so i am legitimately playing this on the nes we have the cartridge and that's the form that i've been playing it in so no save states or anything Mm -hmm. it is generous in that uh when you complete one of those worlds one of those six worlds that we were kind of discussing it'll let you continue from the start of that world and so you're you know if you if you lose all your lives you aren't going back to stage one one Mm -hmm. essentially so, it, you know, it is nice. It's not as punishing as Mario, sure. uh, per se. Well, yes, true, but there is there is no save function. Correct. So if you turn the game off, you do have to start f- from the correct. beginning. It is nice when, when you lose all your lives, if you get a game over, you do get to start at the beginning of whatever world section you're on. But if you... Turn the game off. You're starting over completely. Yeah. You have to play all blisteringly difficult levels that you've conquered already again mm-hmm. to get back to where you are. And, I mean, 
some NES purists may be like, don't do that to your console. But it's been on for about 24 hours now because Jeez. as I make my way through this game, I am halfway through exactly. I'm on mm. stage 10, which I'm having a hard time beating Frankenstein and Igor. Yeah, that's a that's usually the one that I end up getting stuck on. Not like not stuck on stuck on because I'm like an epic pro gamer. Oh yeah, but um, you, like the first I like retro games block. and I'm really good at them. Yeah, I have beaten the game. I've beaten it with save states. I haven't beaten it raw. Sure, whatever. Uh-huh. Sue me. Still counts. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But it is beatable. Sure. It's it's not impossible. There are some games even on the NES that are like designed maybe even accidentally sometimes to be like practically unbeatable Mm -hmm. Um, Castlevania while extremely challenging and you're not going to beat it on your first sitting for sure. And it can be frustrating and easy to quit is not unbeatable. It is conquerable. It is challenging, but again, in a fair and like very explicitly designed yes measured way i do feel that i have tried this level that i'm stuck on i don't know 50 times now Mm. and i have worked out a routine that works most effectively i am just messing up at the end you know (laughs) what i mean sure and so like it is user error it's the design is there right 100 and it's a blast to play uh it's just frustratingly difficult it's it's one of those games the difficulty is balanced in a way that the better you get the easier it is which Mm -hmm. sounds redundant like it sounds (laughs) like duh like the better you are at a game the easier it's going to be but truly like the more you you, the more you play each level the more you have to like whether you like turn the game off and have to start over Mm -hmm. the more you play through each level the more accustomed you get to it the more secrets you discover the more like successful strategies you figure out the more the game rewards you with extra points better Mm -hmm. weapons like weapon upgrades like you figure out the way the system works it's designed to the better you do the more the game itself rewards you and the easier it is to keep going right so if you if you go through the first level without taking any damage and you hit like all the, the right secrets and you get a high score it will give you essentially better weapons and mm-hmm. that you can carry on to the next stage, which will make the next stage easier to conquer and so on and so forth. So it's, it really is built for repeated runs. Uh. It's, it's one of those games. We, we lose this kind of game design philosophy. I feel like in this day and age where a game is about getting better at the game itself. Right. Like about, like it's about having fun with the game and investing in that game to to the bitter end. And uh, Castlevania is one of those. Uh huh. You know, like even like a modern Mario game isn't quite the same. It doesn't. It relies on novelty throughout. Yeah, it introduces like a new concept for every level. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like the Mario design philosophy. Like each level has like something new and fun. Yeah. And then once you beat it, you don't have to master any of those ideas. Uh-huh. You play it once, it's fun the first time, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. Castlevania is meant to be repeated grinded, <laughs> busted, uh-huh. conquered. I love it. To the bitter end. To yeah. the bitter end. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a what freaking, do you think of that? It's a freaking Nintendium and it's kicking my butt. And I, you know, I, I, I've definitely played this game before, mm. you know, I've thrown it in our NES and thrown some whips around, but <laughs> this is the first time I've sat down and really like tried to plow through it. And I'm, Genuinely, I am truly in awe of some of the design pieces that they've made here. I mm-hmm. it just it I can absolutely understand why this game has stood the test of time and and spawned so many sequels. For sure. 
One last thing I want to talk about, though, is its relevance to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and the beauty of the translation of this character. Right? Do you understand now? I absolutely do. I was so excited, so hyped when Simon was announced. And, like, the... Yeah, like, you're right. Like, the, the... the the authenticity with which they implemented his character authenticity to the original game right yeah every one of his moves in super smash bros ultimate is referencing a piece of equipment that you can find in this original game Mm -hmm. for example the the boomerang that will spin out and come back to you the throwing axes that do the large uh overarching Mm -hmm. curve thing and then i don't know why it's just Obviously, the most most iconic, perhaps, is the holy water. Sure, yeah. Just the the blue fire, mm. like it's so cool, and it's it's neat going back to this old game and seeing. Wow, they really they didn't just make this up. They no, just yeah. they are pulling straight from the the raw source. It's awesome. I I was so excited for it. I'm still excited that he's in there and that he's so close to his original depiction Mm -hmm. um a shame that he sucks (laughs) and that he's terrible to play as. he's a little clunky he's very clunky but hey you know that's some that's that's the price you pay for for authenticity right last thing i'll say or ask rather is uh did you know after you beat the game there is a uh an extra hard mode that you can play after you beat the final boss one of those uh, second quests you get sometimes in nes games how much harder can it get? Um, what does it do? Is it just, just extra damage? Out. or? Actually, I'm not super sure. I know I've only played like through the first level of the extra mode, and uh. there's like twice as many enemies. Oh, wow. I don't know if they do no- more damage or anything necessarily, but there's there's more. Yeah. I can say that much. So Interesting. No, I did not know that, actually. Uh, have, have fun with that. Some of the, the spooky series games we'll talk about in the next coming epi- episodes do have new game pluses and things like mm, that. True, true. Um, but this was one that I, I was not aware of, actually. Yes, look forward to that. So this Castlevania for the NES is another game that has been ported to, I mean, even back then, after yeah. its original release on Famicom and NES, it was ported to a couple, like, kind of, "Quote unquote third party consoles." Yeah, and... the the Sharp X eighty six hundred, which is like a weird, Pro, like proto PC kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a gaming one of those gaming computers that don't really talk about these days. Yeah, it was. There's an arcade port called Vampire Killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Even beyond just ports, how many like different alternate versions of the game itself there are out there. Right, but yeah, yeah, this game is available on. Pretty much everything. I'd imagine even mobile. Like, oh, <laughs> hit the yeah. Apple Store, and you could probably download Castlevania. So For sure. Definitely consider finding a version that has save states, if that's something that will grind your gears. It'll it'll help the game be more approachable. Sure. palatable, more fun to play. Right. Help you enjoy the mechanics more than just the grindiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I'm sure it's cheap somewhere, uh, you know. Again, like the mobile store. So yeah, there's a Castlevania Classic Collection that I know is on the Nintendo Switch eShop, among other game console right. shops that you can uh, that you can download for sure. That has the fir- the original Castlevania as well as many of the other titles, including the alternate versions of the original game. Well, all right, guys. I sure appreciate you guys tuning in to our first Spooky Series episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and this got you kind of in the mood for Halloween time. Candy 
trick-or-treating and ghosts boo ah ghosts that scared me yeah stay tuned for another episode we should be back next week with a couple more horror-based games for nintendo consoles we're mm-hmm. looking forward to it if you guys end up playing castlevania or resident evil 4 please let us know or if you have suggestions for horror games we'd also like to hear those too we absolutely we want to play them and discuss them Otherwise, be sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Please hit subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to on right now. That would mean a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, share us with your friends. Hit us up. Let us know what's up. We'll see you next time. My name is Brayden. And I am Connor. And this has been Nintendo Gems. Y'all have a good one. Love you. Bye. Be safe.